and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We are back here and it is January, solidly January. Happy New Year. We are in the second week of the coldest goddamn month of the year, it feels like. Although I wish it were cold. Well, I wish we were getting snow. That's my only thing. Because at least snow feels a little bit more productive, you know? And we haven't had it, I feel like, in years. Oh, it really does feel like that. But it is just cold, cold January and... Here we are, and we are back again with another crazy episode about good old Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrand. And Jode. And Jode the Chode yep. is back again for more harrowing details of how she's basically been an abuser her entire life. It, pretty much. So, spoiler alert. Yeah. But we're actually going to go right into it instead of spilling Liberty this week because we just have a full, totally chock full episode of all kinds of details about rounding off kind of Jesse Hildebrandt's story, which was, you know, the story of Jody's niece, who was basically her original abuse victim. Right. And now we're going to hear about Adam Paul Steed, who we've been sort of teasing for a little while now. So we're going to just show you how bad of a person Jody really is. Yeah. If you didn't if you don't buy it Right. Already. If you didn't need more examples, you know, already, but... Uh, yeah, so last week we left off, I think we did a, a pretty comprehensive job of covering Jesse's story. So again, Jody's niece and Jesse's story. The reason we're kind of doing it this way is Jesse's story provided some insight into kind of Jody's treatment of children. So looking at RF and EF. But this week we're going to dive into Adam Paul Steed's story. And um, he's a form another former patient of Jody. And I think his story actually sheds light on kind of the relationship issues that Jody creates between couples. So as opposed to looking at kind of the children and her interaction with them, this is going to probably give us some more insight into kind of how Jody inserted herself into Ruby and Kevin's relationship. So um, and just up front, we just want to say that this has definitely been a long series but I think it's kind of important to tell this story in a, in a comprehensive way, similar to the Josh Duggar story. At least for me, we were kind of talking about this before starting to record. I always like to have, you know, all of the details and more of a deeper dive is always welcome. So I hope you guys out there appreciate this, too, because I think it's definitely a story that's worth telling. And hopefully we'll have maybe one, maybe two more episodes um, but we really are kind of over the hump and, and more than halfway through, at least at this point. Yeah. And unfortunately, it really just does get worse every yeah. time. And like you said, Jody is not limited to just abusing children. She's also an abuser of adults. She does and not discriminate. <laughs> no, she. there's no discrimination. There's no ageism. And she, like we've talked about in prior episodes, she just consistently crosses all sorts of lines. She crosses family lines. She crosses professional lines. She crosses the line from strictness into abuse. Right. That This woman has crossed every T and crossed every I. Um, <laughs> she just loves to blow through boundaries. And she's a bad person, frankly. She is. She is. And I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it's become more and more obvious as her patients. And I hate to even call them her patients, but like as they've come forward and told their stories. Yeah, so we're going to get started with Adam Paul Steed here, and as usual, we like to set out a little timeline to tell you a little bit more about who Adam Paul Steed is and was, and how he became a victim of abuse at the hands of Jody. So in his early life, Adam Paul Steed was no stranger to abuse. He actually had been a victim of abuse by a Boy Scouts leader. Which is really, really sad. Ugh. I mean, ugh, it's just this poor guy, when you hear his story, it's just, it must really be heart wrenching for him to have this sort of cycle of abuse and fall into these abusive situations over and over yeah, again. Yeah, and to like keep coming back from it is pretty amazing. Yeah, so good for him, good on him. Um, and there's a whole other angle we could discuss here, but. It's really important to understand the Boy Scouts' involvement in Mormonism. There's actually a big link here, and it's so much so that at one time, a third of the Boy Scouts of America was from the Mormon church. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. They had this whole kind of linkage where um, 
I, we mentioned before just kind of how involved Mormons are, like how involved um, the church is for Mormons and just like their daily life. And they have weekly activities that they go to for all different ages. And for the majority of the young boys up until very recently, that activity was Boy Scouts. So like it, it pretty much was synonymous with a church activity um, up until very recently. Adam did end up settling with the Boy Scouts of America following his abuse. Um, and that just kind of is sad as well, because the Mormon church had an influence in Adam's decision to not charge the church with their involvement in his abuse. I'm sorry, I forgot to include this part too, but um, through kind of going to trial um, and and bringing his case to court, he and his father, I think, were actually instrumental in changing, I wish I had written it down, but um, some specific law regarding some some law related to kind of this interaction so he definitely um you know turned this situation into something and he and his family like he he could not talk highly enough of his father for supporting him and kind of pushing for change after what happened to his son god that's refreshing to hear isn't I, it? it's shocking it's shocking <laughs> like that i'll be honest it's sad to say that but like it is kind of shocking from this background and everything his dad like he in he has a very long interview that I watched um but like he talks about how his father essentially like spent all his retirement money and everything just trying to like support his son through this and and advocate advocate yeah advocate <laughs> advocate for change um so yeah it was very inspirational wow that's really great but yeah I mean unfortunately Adam's issues with abuse would not be over following his settlement with the Boy Scouts. Yes. And sadly, he came into contact with a terrible person named Jody. <laughs> and sadly. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like a good Mormon, State Farm is there. State Farm is there. <laughs> uh, he married in the church. And after getting married, he went to his bishop looking for just to get some marriage counseling and his bishop actually advised that he join this program called Lifestar. And it's a Mormon-run, Mormon-created kind of 12-step program for sex addiction. Which, was Adam having any sex addiction issues of any kind at uh, that point? No. And that's already red flag. Like, uh, I'm looking for marriage counseling, not I, I have some issue with sex. Like, yeah. Um, so... Nevertheless, he took their the bishop's advice. Um, but we do want to kind of say this is just kind of important to remember that sexual sin, especially like masturbation and everything in the Mormon church is actually a sin next to murder. So <laughs> seems comparable. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a great way to think and like, oh, let me join a sex addiction program and like oh, all of this is just like whoa you can see where it's going bad really quickly um and interesting adam later learned that the bishop's brother actually owned lifestar like the whole program and again i mean i feel like this is just a continuation of the theme that there's so much incestuousness yes uh, throughout this Mormon, the Mormon church, oh, absolutely. the bishops, the list of approved vendors that were on the um, counselor list. Yep. So, you know, again, it's just these themes sort of continue on and you don't really know who's <laughs> dick or suck. No, but but like that's the that sad thing is that it it is this whole kind of like trusting because they're Mormon and this actually was a whole thing Ted Bundy joined the Mormon church for a short period of time and had like a ton of supporters in court and everything when he was first arrested because they were like oh he's a Mormon there's no way it could be him and it's like no just because they're a Mormon doesn't mean they're right like <laughs> right well and in or that they're moral right you know? right exactly um so obviously this was a major conflict of interest and also, it was very widely known in the Mormon world that Adam came into all this money after his settlement with the Boy Scouts of America. So Bishop Brother, oh, let me funnel, you know, this wealthy guy into my brother's organization. Like, yeah, it's it's bad all around. Ugh. And our girl Jode was actually the leader of the Lifestar chapter. So I guess they have 
different chapters in different areas. Um, she was the the leader of the chapter that Adam and his wife joined. Um, and we'll see kind of as this progresses, though, this program was really an early precursor for the courses that Jody would eventually set up with Ruby. Ugh. Well, and we all remember from our previous episodes how Jody's focus in her practice, if you could call it that, was on sex addiction, masturbation, mm-hmm. porn addiction, things of that nature that were just kind of <laughs> guilt ridden, yeah. you know, loaded topics that she kind of cast onto these people who didn't have actual problems right. and were probably just, if anything, experiencing normal development in the case of these teenage boys, these children that she right. abused. And but that was her focus was to shame these people and to call them, you know, sex fiends and addicts when really they were just normal people experiencing normal stuff. Yeah. Well, and just kind of going back to what we were just saying too, though, about the uh, sexual sins being next to murder, it's like easy target for her to be like, here's a problem that's really scary. Let me provide you a solution. So true. So true. Yeah. So Jody's program involved basically a mantra that everyone has addictions that they needed to overcome. And she said that you could even be addicted to things like exercising too much or addicted to reading the Book of Mormon. Again, you know, things that we think oh, of. Oh, ha ha. So <laughs> right. Ha ha. Funny. But things that we think of as positive could even be addictions and everybody has them. Right. So a great way to drum up business is by telling everybody that they all probably have addictions that they probably have to come to this program. Yeah, exactly. And of course, with the men in the group, Jody always managed to turn it into them having some sort of sexually charged or sex based addiction. And Adam and his wife were in separate groups as part of this program. Men and women would be separated out. And from there, Jody encouraged Adam and his wife to also do personal sessions with her, both both as a couple and as individuals. And just as a note, Jody was making a shit ton of money off of this program. It was five hundred bucks per person per week. You don't you don't afford a uh, three plus million dollar home, you know. As a single person off nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's not hurting for any money around here. And in Adam's group, he was in this group with men who were struggling with issues like exhibitionism, incest, you know, serious issues like, and yeah. sexual, you know, deviancy, not just, you know, looking for some marriage counseling. And Or I watched porn once this month. Like, right. Ooh. Exactly. And for Adam, this was super traumatic because he was an abuse survivor. So he's in a group Awful. with these, you know, sexual deviants who are really struggling with some serious, nasty stuff. Probably triggering him from like, oh, my God, I'm essentially sitting with my people like my abusers. My abusers. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's awful. Um, but Jody's program here, she, you know, kind of gets them in and then slowly kind of works her way. Um, She began to separate Adam and his wife. So later on, after kind of everything spiraled with Adam and his situation, um, he learned that Jody was actually telling his wife, because remember, they were separated in these um, different groups and whatnot, um, that he was, Adam was confessing to all these sexual sins in the men's group. And at the time, the wife began to see him as someone with all these issues and shocker was a sex addict, according to Jody. Um, She began to side with Jody and saw Adam as a terrible person. Again, like we've said before, any masturbation was seen as evidence of this. So just being a normal person, you know, she's going to be twisting all these things like, oh, my God, he's he's worse than I thought. Um, And like we said, Jody had all these men thinking that they were porn addicts when they had watched porn maybe once a month, which is crazy. I mean, again, it just it's the same pattern over and over again where something totally benign gets twisted and amplified to be this really scary really dangerous sin that's akin to murder yeah yeah um so the wife and again just looking at the parallels between 
Ruby and Kevin and then Adam and his wife, um, the wife really began to follow Jody's guidance and, you know, really side with her. And just as an aside, Jody actually hired Adam's wife to help recruit other people for the program. Again, just like <laughs> Ruby, you know, extremely unethical. Somebody that's your client, former former patient, I should say, going into business with them or, or hiring them. Massive conflict of interest yeah. and, you know, breaking of boundaries and all kinds of problems with that. And just like you said at the beginning, though, like boundaries, Jody does not know them. Um, but she had a saying that a relationship needed to die so it could be reborn. And thinking of that saying um, kind of conjures up this whole religious kind of death and resurrection with Christ and whatnot. So again, even with these undertones, whether she's saying it outright or not, she's kind of evoking these religious kind of feelings and emotions um, in her patients. Yeah, yeah. And Adam and his wife, during the course of their treatment, were only allowed to speak to each other while in the group session. So this obviously is serving to just cut off communication, cut off the potential for the husband and the wife to conspire amongst themselves and to figure out what was really going on. And they were still living together at this time. But while they're home, they're not talking to each other at all. There's no other time besides in these group sessions where obviously, you know, it's broadcast in front of all these other people and group and members. And Jody. And yeah, and Jody. And these bad people yeah. who are involved with really weird stuff. So they're obviously not going to be fully safe and candid and open with one another. But what, like, one, what control she has to be able yes. to kind of dictate these people live like this. And then two, it's just a clear, like, obvious cult tactic to kind of isolate and separate people um, and not allow them to talk to each other and kind of have free thinking and you know discuss different ideas it's it's kind of isolating them so like whatever Jody says is right right because there's yeah there's no perspective there's no outsiders there's no question her influence yeah yeah so Adam was assigned an accountability buddy, so a lot like an AA or NA type program that he was supposed to call up to three times a day and kind of report where he had fallen off the wagon or what have you. And if Adam told the accountability buddy that he had masturbated, for instance, the buddy would then tell that to the entire group during their next group session. I mean, how embarrassing Yeah, and just totally humiliating it's i don't know just a huge betrayal of trust well and i feel i feel like how trapped like yeah he's not able to talk to his wife aside from these group sessions um and then he's got this accountability buddy where anything he does he's probably going to be feel like he has to tell this person and then there's like you said there's no um I don't know what to say, like, like sounding board. Well, there's no and it's not the right word, but like sacredness or just like oh, privacy yeah. to any of this. It's like you're going to be outed. So it just the shame that he he must feel is just like amplified by like, great. Now this is going to be broadcast to this group in front of my wife and I, I'm not talking to her before. And it just like that's a crazy situation to me. Well, and what's nuts, too, and what's important to remember is, you know, part of me would be like, well, why didn't he just lie to his accountability right. buddy and say, I was perfect this week. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Well, because if you remember from last episode with Jesse Hildebrand, Jody has insane influence in these circles. Yeah. She is like a Mormon guru. And these people are looking at her as somebody who's super holier than thou, taking on the devil day right. to day, trying to save these wayward souls. I mean, they trust her completely yeah. and revere her. And if you're that deep into this religion, like... Which you totally was. Right. Like, you're going to want to, like, how can I fix this? How, like, oh, my God, I'm going to try everything. And if Jody has the answer, like, oh, my God, I'm going to follow it completely. Right. Yeah. So on top of just telling the group and having sort of public shaming, the group would also pressure the spouse of the partner who had had transgression to inflict some sort of punishment on the spouse with the issues 
And as a note, Adam also said that many of these groups were led by lay people and non-mental health practitioners. So you've got people in control who should not be taking the reins here. Absolutely. Like, as if Jody should have been. But, like, then you had just these lay people who are Making it up. Yeah, yeah, just making up the rules as they go along. So eventually, Jody had Adam's wife write a contract where she would no longer act as his wife. Which, meanwhile, wow, really a contract there. It's more of just a statement. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be signing that. Yeah, like, there's <laughs> nothing binding about this. Right, I don't agree. Like, what's in it for me? Right? So John DeLynn, a licensed psychologist and a host of the Mormon Stories podcast that we talked about last week, which covers different stories of those who leave Mormonism eventually and live to tell the tale, was in touch with other patients, and this is the pattern that he says happens. So here we go. First, the husband gets kicked out of the bedroom. One man, I mean, this is just, it's so sad and it's so wild. I mean, I remember when this story first came out you know they were talking about kind of women like were taking it back and they were sort of kicking their husbands out of the house and all right. this stuff and it was kind of like huh I mean that's kind of silly but it but it really is very very sad and it's a systematic and just, yeah demeaning oh. demoralizing behavior that just reduces your husband and partner to just something very different as we'll see so yeah. Um, Like I was saying, um, one husband was kicked out of the bedroom and one man was actually made to sleep in their home office just for masturbating. Yeah. And it's sad, too. He mentioned in the story that, like, he's obviously still in the house and his kids are like, Daddy, like, why are you sleeping in here? And it's like, what does he say to them? Like, oh, I like, uh, you know, was sinned against mommy or like you know i did wrong by mommy or what like <sighs> well and then it creates distance with the kids it, right you know makes him look shameful and absolutely it, it's just a vicious cycle that starts there and then the second step is that the wife will be told by jody not to engage in sex with the husband so they deprive their husbands of sex then third because the husband's but deprived of sex He'll ultimately fail and masturbate again because no outlet. There's no outlet. There's nothing going on. He's probably feeling all kinds of ways. There's no drinking in Mormonism. There's no other vices available. (laughs) So surprise, surprise, you're going to go back to your only quote unquote vice and it becomes this cycle. Then the final step is that the husband gets kicked out of the house. Yes. And we're not going to get into it in this episode, but what we've learned about the situation with Ruby and Kevin, let's just say it's absolutely this situation, but with even more kind of crazy factors um, with Jody involved. Um, so this gets even crazier with with Adam's story. Um, Jody actually goes on to take further action against him. So Jody, again, she gets the woman in the relationship to really side with her and kind of twists everything. She got Adam's wife to believe that he was a pedophile. Insane. Yeah. And like for someone who was abused by a pedophile, like this poor guy. Yeah. Is being like gaslighted, gaslit uh, for his wife to think that he's one of them. It's awful. Um, And she convinced the wife that he was too dangerous to be around their children. They actually had two small children at the time. Um, And there was a whole kind of story around that, too, where she kind of – coached his wife to kind of entrap him and it it just it's insane um she also then got adam's wife to eventually take out a restraining order against him so it really escalates like it's not just kind of jody's thoughts and everything it goes into the the legal system um and there's a lot of other legal court related actions and and stuff that kind of um happens in adam's situation we're not gonna get into it because it's a lot but essentially um she's able to kind of cut him off from his children altogether now this is where it gets like i don't know just crazy to me um at the time adam was actually a student at byu and byu so um brigham young university it's a mormon i don't know sponsored or, or run um university so 
everything kind of Mormon is almost kind of amplified there too, because it's just like, let's bring together all these Mormon youth and like, you know, (laughs) um, they have an honor code at the school and it's extremely strict. Um, you can get kicked out for having sex as well as all these various other acts that are just like unbelievable, especially for college students. Right. Like pretty minor and pretty much normal for anywhere else. Like, (laughs) You know, it's pretty much guaranteed that these acts are going to happen at some point along the way. So people must have been getting kicked out left and right. Yeah. Um, And this, I will say, in the last, like, couple years, uh, it's kind of gotten more attention. And it absolutely is a, a... another rabbit hole that's really interesting to go down and it gets really problematic with um kind of how the honor code relates to the lgbtq plus community because the mormon church is very much against that even though they'll say this they support the community um it it's a mess and it's really if you're interested in that i it is something interesting to kind of um look at um but jody actually went to the honor code office and told them all these lies about Adam. It, it, it just like she is destroying this man's life. Like it's her goal. Which also I meant to ask, does she have anything specific against Adam? Like, why did she do this to him? Especially because he sort of never should have been in this program yeah. to begin with. Like it feels so much like Shutter Island where it's like, up, oh, who's the patient and who's the investigator? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you kind of wonder how he fell victim to this when he was a good guy just looking for some good old Mormon marriage counseling. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of speculation um and we'll kind of discuss it when we in when we talk more about Ruby um but that Jody may be interested in women and is suppressing those feelings so she takes it out on all the men in this situation. Right. And it, it's not any necessarily, you know, it's not bone Adam necessarily. Yeah. It's just, he's a man and you will see this time and time again. And you will absolutely see this when we talk about the relationship that she has with Ruby. It's yeah. You, and especially because Ruby's relationship with her has so much more like video evidence than probably any of these other patients. Right. Cause it was all on video all right. the time. <laughs> yeah. It, it just, Everybody question, uh, you know, has been questioning: Does this relationship go beyond just like business partners or just uh, patients? Yeah, yeah. And and um, even in Jesse's um, interview, and again, speculation is not you know speculating on someone's sexuality is not something that we condone or outing people or anything like that. But I think it is so widely talked about in this case. Um, Jesse even kind of speculated in their interview. Uh, gave kind of an anecdote about Jody talking about one of her friends back in the day saying something which like this is wild um she's like now see if I ever were to be a lesbian or oh if God. I ever were to have sex with one of my friends it would have a, like such a deeper meaning or deeper feeling because we have this deeper connection hypothetically and then Jesse <laughs> Jesse said like yeah that's called like being queer or being like yeah what like that's sex clearly she like was having sex with men and wasn't having that connection fulfillment yeah like yeah so we definitely will get into that but i think jody absolutely has a vendetta against men like regardless of sexuality sexuality. (laughs) but jody goes to so jody goes to the honor uh code office telling telling lies telling uh, sweet little lies yeah, what is it? Telling lies. No, that's well, no surprise. Well, that's no surprise. <laughs> Can you, you see, see that? Joe, <laughs> see right through her in our defense connection. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not really. Um, but she went to them saying that Adam was this extremely dangerous person. And again, this is going to be inflammatory for the Mormons, but she's saying that he looked at porn and masturbated, that he was an abusive person, and even throwing out that he raped his wife and daughter. Which, can you imagine if they said this about you and you were this great guy, you had been through abuse yourself, right? and suddenly they're abusing you, or they're abusing you, they're accusing you of the very thing that has happened to you and, and has altered the course of your life. How, what a, like, mind fuck there. That's gotta Completely. just, like, 
Ugh. Um, so aside from making up lies, Jody also in this situation obviously broke this doctor patient confidentiality by disclosing all of this information that, if true, was told to her during their like confidential patient um, sessions. Right. So ultimately, because of Jody going to the honor code um, office, Adam was actually kicked out of BYU. Insane. Mm. So, yeah, she's out here just completely destroying his life. I mean, this is his education. It's it's really sad. Um, so Adam takes action at this point, And luckily, this results in Jody's license getting suspended for 18 months in 2012. It should have been 18 million months. I, and definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and she never should have been allowed back. But mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Um, Jody had to complete several different requirements to get her license back, which she ultimately did. Unfortunately, boo, boo hiss. And Adam and his wife divorced and happy ending. He is now remarried. But clearly, Jody just completely sabotaged and destroyed his relationship with his first wife. Yeah. And just I I don't I don't remember what I don't think he went back to be he might have gone back to BYU. I don't know. But like he she just destroyed like the trajectory of what he was like his career everything like what he was doing at the time exactly and unfortunately it doesn't really sound like adam and his ex-wife are on good terms and it's really uncertain what the ex-wife thinks about jody now i mean even having had all this information come to light about jody and her abusive past present and future (laughs) um it's you don't know because there's been all of this ground laying to build Jody up into this Mormon deity, basically, and to bring her down, even though Adam is a good guy, is a righteous, noble man who never did any of the bad things he was accused of. It's so hard to come up against these revered kind of idols that Jody was. Yeah, and and obviously the fact that um, Jody had his his ex wife as a like a recruiter or whatever working for her, she was obviously very close to Jody. So just breaking that whole kind of thinking and connection, no pun intended, <laughs> um, has to be hard too. Very true. And Adam's interview on the Mormon Stories podcast actually ended up getting taken down because of a cease and desist from Adam's ex-wife. So I think that's pretty indicative of where the two of them stand, even if she does, uh, you know, did have a moment of understanding that Jody was trying to infiltrate their relationship and cause problems between the two of them. Clearly, she's not embracing Adam's side of the story and him sort of wanting to bring to light everything that Jody did. Yeah. And like we had kind of um, mentioned in Jesse's story, we said go and watch or listen to the podcast episode where uh, the Mormon Stories podcast episode where John Dolan interviews Jesse. And we would absolutely advocate for that with Adam's story. But unfortunately, it's not out there. You can kind of find it. Like if you really search for it. Yeah. And that's because I watched it when it originally came out. And then to kind of review it for this episode, I did find it through some like Reddit link or something. Um, So if you can find it, I think it's definitely worthwhile watching. Again, it's another really long one. But um, I don't know. To me, just having Jesse's story and Adam's story gives kind of a good full picture of kind of how Jody infiltrates and manipulates like the whole family unit. Um, so Jody's, uh, 2012, she's got her license revoked and she creates this connections with a big X, <laughs> which ironically enough, it's like, you think X, like, no, like right. we're not connecting, like, like Satan, we're, yeah. you know, <laughs> right? like, That's so true. <laughs> like, I don't know why she thought like, it's kind of ironic. Um, but she creates this connections classroom and again, this is 2012 when her license is, is revoked. And I wonder why at this time she decided to create this whole pro- program. Oh, well, it's because instead of operating as a licensed therapist. Which she can no longer do because her license was revoked. Yeah, exactly. Um, she's operating as a mental fitness trainer. Which doesn't exist no. and isn't a real thing. <laughs> no. So. I mean, life coach is essentially like the more common term. But even that, it's like. 
mm, what is that? Like, we will touch on this in a, in a moment here, but like, it's clearly trying to circumvent the law here. Um, and the website for connections is actually still up and you can actually still schedule a session with Jody. Um, <laughs> whether you'd want to or not. Yeah, that's needs to be, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, sign up at your own risk here. Seriously. And also wait, I don't know, five to 30 years until she's out of jail, um, <laughs> to maybe get that. Or maybe, maybe you'll get added to her visitor list. Who knows? But this whole program is insane. And again, I've said it about other things, but like, this is a whole rabbit hole you could go down to, um, KUTV, which is a local uh, Utah news station out there, has really been covering this case. And they wrote up a really good kind of summary of the whole program, even give you pricing at the end, which kind of, again, gives you insight into how Jody is living in that mansion over there. So we're actually going to read this article here because I think it sums it up better than kind of we would we would do. <laughs> um. Connections Classroom started online in 2012 is an internet-based education program providing clients with an extensive and intensive set of DVDs, workbooks, and workshops available for sign up. Ooh, sounds like fun. Yeah, sounds very 2012. Yeah, well, actually, it sounds very 2002. 2002, exactly. <laughs> yeah, go back an extra 10 years yeah, for the Mormons. Now on Blu-ray. <laughs> Hildebrandt said that her methodology is based on three core principles, which she claims are a pathway to healing any and all destructive behaviors, including addictions of any sort, impeccable honesty, rigorous personal responsibility, and humility. Well, we all know Jody is nothing the if pillar not of those. extremely, yeah, <laughs> just a moral and honest and angel humility in that who woman. takes responsibility for all her actions. Oh my God, absolutely. On the website's about page, Hildebrandt said that connections is a solution for anybody experiencing feelings of pain relating to relationship problems, anxiety, fear, or depression, which, hi, who isn't experiencing (laughs) any of those feelings ever? Are you a person? It applies. (laughs) Are you a human person (laughs) in society? Yes. Then you are due to go visit Joe the Joe. That's right. She's got the answers for you. (laughs) Um. Hildebrandt ensured her clients that the program would invoke feelings of change, wholeness, centeredness, empowerment, liberation, freedom, and would lead to greater interpersonal connections without an X. <laughs> yeah, that connection is spelled normally, thank yes. God. With a self-dubbed compassionate yet direct and, and clear collaborative work ethic, Hildebrandt said that the program would promote a solid and stable recovery with its three necessary pieces. The client's willingness. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Which is an easy no on that one. <laughs> like, well, okay. Like, obvious. If you're signing up, like, nobody's being court mandated to right. sign up for Jody. Um, her team's thorough education and the combination of the two. So, really, just two things. <laughs> 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 thing one thing two and the combination of thing one so and three. thing two so that third thing hey therapist not not math is not her strong no suit. she's not doing great um and the combination of the two to create connection and a support system for the client the classroom is led by hildebrandt in a variety of topics including family 101 <laughs> Those are two separate things, by the Uh, way. I think maybe it should be family 101. I don't know. Parenting and expert topics, whatever that means. (laughs) Expert topics. (laughs) Expert on what? Like Um, being an abusive bitch? I swear to God. How to make, how to put your kid out in the sun? Like how to hide that you're a lesbian really, really poorly. Don't wear (laughs) basket. Don't take basketball pictures. That's all I got to (laughs) say. So on the website's Meet the Business Team, Ruby Oof. Frank, yeah, we don't want to. Um, <laughs> I'd rather not. Uh, Ruby Frankie is listed as a, whoa, qualification here, certified mental fitness trainer. Certified by who? Jody. And um, what's great, too, is that since that title doesn't exist, you right? don't have to be certified. In fact, you can't be certified. And if you are, what does it mean? Nothing. Nothing. Here's a piece of paper that says you're a certified mental yeah, fitness it's, trainer. It's literally like student of the month print out like, you know, yep. wow, you did it. You showed up. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, 
So certified mental fitness trainer, providing content to connections, social media platforms, and podcasts. Ooh, we could have done a collab. Too bad she didn't come on. Yeah. Centered around empowering parents and children to live in truth. And let's just say here, truth has a capital T, which we will... Uh, be coming back to that yes we will talk a little bit more about that but very important Whew, unbelievable so the connections classroom website advertises three different package programs each more horrible and oh more expensive than the last yeah and do you want to subject more people to horror you know the price goes up absolutely i mean get ready for these prices you are just gonna balk at this so first of all, we've got the individual leadership training, which is listed at $795, just very like chump change, honestly. It includes six individual sessions. So that's a little more than 100 bucks a session. Yeah. Um, it's not the worst, but. Yeah, not horrible. Um, it includes individual sessions with a trainer, six of them, a single workbook, podcasts. Well, you can get those for free. I mean, funny yeah, enough, thanks, but Jody. Okay. All right access to online trainings and phone call support or is that is that like tech support <laughs> right if you want to be balled out over the phone by jody then yeah, give feel her free a call spend 7.95 for that interesting though and i think these were actually copied from her website like kind of the wording it's interesting this mental fitness trainer because it's not even and like here we're saying session with a trainer like and I think Ruby actually does say this at one point when kind of talking about her certification um she's like oh we work out with a trainer we want to be in our best physical health well this is training you to be in your best like mental health and so it's it's this weird kind of like invoking authority by having this certified you know title but it's also trying to I don't know, like latch onto this whole kind of like physical trainer wording um, to make you feel a certain way. It's just weird. Well, she did a great job training Jesse out in the snow when oh, she yeah. drove them up the mountains to run right. laps with bare feet or yeah, whatever. Why are we it was. limiting it to just yeah mental? We could be physical too. This is oh, fantastic. Yeah. Jody knows all about getting physical. She does. So the second thing, the second package is the team leadership training and that is listed whoo it's a hefty price just five below five thousand why is <laughs> so, it and why isn't it four ninety nine nine like why is right it yeah it's four thousand nine hundred and ninety five so if you wanted to save that extra five bucks from the five thousand that you would have paid for the team leadership training you're in luck <laughs> it includes only six team sessions and also this is the craziest part too um it's The price goes up as you add more people to the training. (laughs) Usually the more like. Right. It should be a deal. Like, oh, like, and wait, there's more. We'll double that. You know, like. (laughs) For you, it's actually $5,000. Right. And everyone's going to be paying it. So I get more money. Although I guess the only thing reading it here, there isn't a limit to the number of the team. Oh, okay. So. I don't know. Could your team be 50? Yeah. Then maybe you'll save some. I wonder how but... big of a team you can get yeah. in there. My gosh. Oh, your whole Beeler Young, Beeler Young, um, Brigham Young classroom. Right. Perhaps. Um, but that includes <laughs> group trainings, podcasts, access to online trainings, phone call support, and pre and post assessment surveys. So. Wait, can I just say at the beginning, it says it includes six team sessions, group trainings, What's the difference? What's the difference between... That's so true. (laughs) Team sessions, group trainings, they're the same, but we'll charge you double. All right. We'll throw it in. (laughs) Make it look like you're getting something here. Right? Exactly. Because God knows you're giving the cow away or whatever, giving the farm away, whatever the expression is. Um, And then finally, we have the company leadership training, which is designed for businesses. Now, can you imagine a business that would take advantage of this this low, low offer of fourteen thousand nine hundred and eighty-five dollars. <laughs> Ooh, we're creeping down even from the ninety-five Ooh, to the eighty-five now, right? But oh, add an extra ten grand and you're all set. Ugh. Ugh. It includes six team sessions, six manager sessions, six company-wide Wait, can sessions. Can I just interrupt you? What's with the six? We got six, six, six here, Jody. That's actually <laughs> a really good point. And yeah. you would think somebody like that would shy away from Ugh, those kinds all of over. combinations. Yeah. But then you've got eighteen group trainings. So six, Ooh, six, six. Yeah, six times three again. Right? 
podcasts, access to online trainings, phone call support, and pre and post assessment surveys. Fantastic. So, I mean, basically a waking nightmare for the low, low cost of 15 grand. Yes. And God knows if any companies actually bought into I this. wonder. That's a great point. I wonder. Right? And can you imagine the kind of training that oh my Jody would do on a company oh and my on God. managers? Like, if this is how she operates like, <sighs> with people that aren't even her employees at first anyway right. and become her employees, how does she operate when she's got actual employers and oh employees God. and those relationships, which... They probably intend to keep in place rather than crossing uh, yeah. all those boundaries like right. she does. Yeah, that's I I would love to know if anyone ever took her up on that offer. Right. Um, so we're gonna try to talk about kind of Jody's philosophy, at least at a high level. I will say it's extremely convoluted and honestly does not really make sense. So we're gonna try to spell it out, but if it doesn't make sense, that's because it doesn't make sense. Um as mentioned last week, this is definitely where you can see some of the cult behavior come out. Um, Jody is making up this terminology and kind of using it to control people and form these rules. And really, in the end, it's just, you know, a, a control tactic to serve her own motivations. Um, so very high level. But these are like the terms you need to remember for this whole program. Um, you live in truth. And capital T. Capital T, yes. The, the capitalization is very important. Um, so you live in truth, and if you're not living in truth, you're living in distortion. Capital D. Yes. Um, to live in truth, you must be honest, responsible, and humble. And so those, what is it, five words are kind of the buzzwords that you will hear throughout anything Jody talks about. Like her whole philosophy is these five terms right here. So when trying to understand this whole mentality, uh, I actually found a good summary by user Sindstar, I guess, on the 8-passenger snark Reddit. there, Because I, I was just out there trying to look up, like, what does this mean and how can I summarize this in a, in a pretty succinct way? So this user says, so she started this off as principles that involve taking responsibility for your actions, agency, and choice and behavior to combat life issues and mental health issues instead of medication, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. We would never. No. Um, so all your issues are because you are not living in capital T truth. That is being humble, taking responsibility for your behavior, and exercising agent and exercising agency to change that behavior. Now, if you end up being now, if you end up being diagnosed with an actual mental illness like ADHD or depression, even then, it's all because you are just living in distortion. <laughs> like, okay. Um, Easy way to dismiss any actual problems and then create more of them. Exactly. Uh, your emotions are not valid because they actually make you live in distortion. So instead, you really only need to believe in truth and use principles of agency and choice to change your situation and apparently cure yourself if you have a disease <laughs> with sure will. So basically saying don't give in to depression, anxiety, because it's a choice. Take responsibility for your actions instead and use your agency to combat your issues. Um, it's a great summary. And it's a good summary. And like there's so many other topics that come up and apply like they try to apply this thinking to it it's insane um but really when it comes down to it truth is really whatever jody wants it to be whatever jody says truth is is what truth is yeah and it's a dictatorship it's you know not a democracy and because jody creates her own reality that all these people who sign on to her programs then have to be a part of she can really twist things around to mean whatever she wants them to mean and can force people to conform to capital T truth, whatever she makes that into. Exactly. So there is a new law that's um, in the works to regulate life coaches in Utah. And that yeah. has come about basically because of Jody. Yeah. So congratulations to Jody. She is making some sort of positive change right. by being the negative by change being she wishes to see in the world. Be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So currently there's no existing regulation or requirements to qualify as a life coach in Utah. 
And Ruby is listed on Connections website, again, as a certified mental fitness trainer. This title isn't real. It holds no authority. Who is she certified by? We don't know. Jody, Because yeah. Jody has no magic wand to wave and to knight her as a certified mental fitness trainer. It's just a way to kind of portray her and Jody as being more qualified when really it's just bluster and words. Um, so Kevin Frankie actually has come out in support of this law to regulate these mental health coaches through statements from his lawyer, which again, kind of good news over from Kevin's mm-hmm. camp and showing that he's got something more on the ball than the rest of these Looney Tunes. Um, but, but is it is it a PR move? Because I will right. say he actually came out with it, it like with this support and kind of advocating for this. It was like right when he uh, announced that he was filing for divorce, too. So was it a way to kind of like soften the blow with the Mormon community? Like, I'm filing for divorce, but oh, look over here, too. Like, exactly. You know. Well, yeah. And we we've talked about it before, how Kevin's attorney is uh, very much of the mind that no press is bad <laughs> yeah. press. And he's out there. Sometimes it seems like a good tactic. Other times less so. Um, but I think in this case, it, it is an interesting and legitimate tactic I yeah. mean, where he could be sort of seen as being supportive of kind of these different regulations that very clearly need to be put into place because yeah. Jody very obviously slipped into this loophole and found a way to continue her quote unquote practice even after her license was revoked. Exactly. And I mean, at the end of the day, if this is some positive change like it's a good thing kind of in the end um so that's kind of where we're going to stop for this week again we're hoping one maybe two more episodes max to kind of uh wrap everything up but i think right now where we stand we've kind of covered um where jody was up until kind of meeting the frankies and really getting ruby involved in this whole connections classroom and then everything kind of spiraling so next week we're going to jump back into the timeline and kind of go through their connection um, and then bring it up through everything that's happened through current day. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is Betsy Boss Podcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. 